0: Hey CA Church, my name is Andrew, I'm one of the pastors here and I'm honored to be opening God's Word for us today on this beautiful Labor Day weekend. I have a bit of a one-off message before we start a new series next week which is exciting. But we just concluded an awesome series I encourage you, if you've been away throughout the summer, to go to cachurch.ca and check out our previous messages from the series Amazing Stories of Jesus. So inspiring, our preaching team did an amazing job, it was so good. Stories that are so helpful to remind us in this season that God is good. These are absolutely crazy times to say the least. New restrictions, old restrictions, certainty, uncertainty, back and forth. It makes me think of the Matt Redman song, Blessed Be the Name of the Lord. Thinking of Dr. Bonnie Henry, she gives and takes away. She gives and takes away. But I pray our response as a church, regardless of what happens, our hearts will always choose to say, Blessed Be the Name of the Lord. God is in control. He's moving in our midst. This is not going unnoticed, and I pray that as believers, we can be beacons of hope to those around us that are feeling hopeless. The pandemic continues to press pause on our lives, and I think God is actually blessing us with yet another opportunity to press reset on our hearts and get our hearts focused back on Him and Him alone. I really believe we're on the cusp of an amazing season, but we need to be people who are aware of it and available for it. I want us to come away from today's message being people who are aware, alert, and available. Aware, alert, and available. People who step out and step up to the plate of what God is requiring of us to do and not shy away or doubt when we feel he is speaking to us directly. I want to talk today about the word worship. Now you're thinking, what does the latest Chris Tomlin song have to do with being aware, alert, and available? And the answer is... Nothing. You know, Oftentimes, when we hear the word worship, we think music, songs, Chris Tomlin, Praise 106.5 for all the locals, the first part of our Sunday services when we gather together. But we're going to read a story today about this word worship, what it means, and how important it actually is for us to worship in order not to miss out what God has for us as we step into this fall season. When we worship God, we become people who are aware, alert, and available. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to the very, very beginning, right after the table of contents, Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 to 12. We're going to read this story today about Abraham and his son Isaac. Let's read this together. Genesis 22, verse 1 to 12. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love. Go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. Abraham rose early the next morning, saddled his donkey, took two of his young men and his son Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there, will worship And we will come again to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. He took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Dad, he said, and he said, Here I am, son. Behold, the fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together when they came to the place of which god had told him abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound isaac his son laid him on the altar on top of the wood abraham reached out his hand took the knife to slaughter his son but the angel of the lord called to him from heaven and said abraham abraham and he said here i am the angel said do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him for now i know that you fear god seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Amazing. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for this story. Thank you for uh, just, wow, what an amazing story. I pray that today you just open our eyes and our ears to see and hear what you want us to see. Help us live like this, this bold, radical faith from Abraham, and just teach us today what that looks like for us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. What an incredibly fascinating story. There's so much we can pull from this story. I'll try my best to pull as much as I can with the time that we have together. If you don't know how the story ends, God does provide a ram that Abraham sacrifices as a burnt offering. Then the Lord calls to Abraham from heaven and says, I swear by myself that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand. On the seashore and we see two things in this moment this is the first time that god guarantees that he will fulfill his covenant god's stamp of approval is in this moment with abraham it's absolutely beautiful and number two this is also the very first time we ever see the word worship in the bible in verse five i and the boy will go and will worship and will come right back so much in that one sentence we will go and we will come back. Abraham knew God. He knew his character. That's why he says, we'll go worship and we will come back. He knew no matter what, whether God raises Isaac from the dead or provides another way, Isaac was coming down that mountain with him alive. And obviously when we see the word worship in that verse, Abraham did not mean I and the boy will grab an acoustic guitar and a cajon and go sing the latest Chris Tomlin song and then we'll come back. This wasn't a concert on the mountain. No band, no smoke machines, no crazy lights. This wasn't a worship experience that maybe many of us are familiar with. So let's unpack this. In Abraham's response to God's radical request, we see three things that teach us what it looks like to really worship God we see full surrender, fear-filled obedience, and faithful devotion. And I would suggest today that this is a description of worship. Worship to God is when we are fully surrendered to Him, when we live lives of fear-filled obedience. And I mean the fear of God, not the fear of man. We'll unpack that in a few minutes. And worship is ultimately our hearts' faithful devotion to God and to God alone. So full surrender, fear-filled obedience and faithful devotion the whole story of abraham goes like this in genesis 17 god promises abraham and sarah a boy in their old age and that god will establish his covenant with this boy as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him since they're so old sarah laughs at this as if god is making the funniest joke in the scriptures reality god isn't making a joke Although, side note, I do believe God probably has the best sense of humor. I mean, he created jokes. He could tell me a joke right now. I would laugh so hard I would drop dead, which I think is maybe a funny way to go. Anyways, Sarah's laughing, but it ain't a joke. Isaac's born, and Isaac's name actually means the one who laughs. They finally have a child, and of course Abraham and Sarah valued, loved, cherished, enjoyed their son Isaac. Isaac was a promise, a gift that was fulfilled by God himself. So with that in mind, it must have been insane when God commands Abraham that the time has come to sacrifice his son at the altar before the Lord. What does that even mean? Something important to note, Abraham's non-believing buddies were probably sacrificing their children to their pagan gods. It was common practice for a lot of pagan gods to demand that people would do this. So it wasn't unheard of in this context at this time historically. But for Abraham, he knew deep down inside, surely my God is not like these pagan gods. My God wouldn't ask humans to pay for their own sins by killing other humans. This is what sacrifices were all about, covering up sin. The sacrificial systems were put in place by the killing of animals in order that God would purify and cleanse the people of their sin. The animal was taking the place of that sin. And so it wasn't humans sacrificing humans. These were sacrifices for, with animals. Then it got all twisted with pagan gods and it became sacrificing children. But Abraham knows God's character and it's clear in his response to god's radical request which was really meant to be a test for abraham his first response is full surrender dying to himself his agenda his desires verse 5 we see the word worship and the hebrew word translated in this verse worship is shachah if you can say it with me shachah you got to really get in the throat shachah now you're probably saying it wrong because honestly i'm probably saying it wrong But the hebrew word means to prostrate oneself before god or to fall down before him in humility and in this situation abraham's act of worship was to willingly and fully surrender to god the one he loved so much his son isaac god calls on abraham he says abraham and he says here i am and in this moment i just picture him as the posture of a runner before a race on your mark get set abraham's kind of standing like this spiritually speaking I'm kind of watching the Olympics over the summer, and seeing these incredible athletes, reminding me over and over again how incredibly out of shape I am. But this posture of readiness before a race. This is Abraham's position. I love in the message version it says, here I am. The message says, I am listening. He's in tune, waiting for God, waiting for the call, the command, the cue. And my question for you is, are you living like this? Are you waiting for the call, the command, the cue from God? It's very hard in our day to be living like this, especially if we're living in the HOV lane. You know, right after high school, for me, I attended Trinity Western University in the business program. Many of you know the story. I've shared it a few times. I wanted nothing to do with church. I started a company right after high school selling performance parts for cars, and I thought I'll take some business courses to study so I know how to run my business. Then I decided to go to church on my own. I went to this service, and I honestly felt the call, the command from God to drop everything and pursue music ministry full time. Now, at this point, I've never sang in my life. I've never played an instrument. A few days later, I was studying with some friends for an economics final exam, and I kind of told them, you know what, guys, I think, I'm, I think I'm called to be a worship leader. And they said, do you play an instrument? I said, no. They said, do you sing? And I said, not really. They said, dude, stop being crazy and just study. But sometimes we get so busy, so caught up in our own agendas that we do not hear the call or the command and we don't wait for the cues that God is giving us, the direction he wants us to go. And we miss when we're in the HOV lane. My brother-in-law was at the water slides just this last week with his family and there was this sign as he's going down the corner of this massive slide that says at this point of the slide you need to sit up. And of course him, he's laying down totally flat, head back, going full speed, having the time of his life until he hit the first of three bumps. He missed the second bump entirely, he was totally midair, lands halfway on the slide by the third bump, fumbles all the way into the pool, everyone's watching, it was an absolute disaster. This isn't the case for Abraham. God calls him and he is listening, he's looking at the signs, listening to the commands, the call, and following the cues. He knew the direction he wanted God to take him, and so he wakes up, this response is crazy. He tells Abraham to do this radical thing and it says the next morning he prepared his donkeys, woke up early, headed the direction God told him. He didn't pray about it, he didn't fast or think, is this actually God speaking, am I going crazy? He wouldn't ask me to do this. Well, maybe show me one more sign that I'll know for sure that it's you. There was no waiting, no debating, no procrastinating. Which in most seasons of my life, honestly, I wait, I debate, and I procrastinate. That is the story of my life. I remember being in downtown once with a few friends, and we were going out for dinner, and this homeless guy walked by me very fast. He had these two bags filled with bottles. He was kind of mumbling to himself, and as he walked past me, I felt God tell me, I want you to tell that guy that I love him, that I smile when I see him, and I want you to pray for him. And as he started walking farther and farther away, I just, I debated, I hesitated, I procrastinated, I did nothing. A few minutes later, he was walking so fast, I guess he needed a break, so he was resting along one of these brick walls, and I happened to walk past him again, and I thought, this is my moment. God, you're so gracious, you gave me another shot to share and to just encourage this brother. And I walked past him, I waited, I debated, I procrastinated, and I said nothing. A few minutes later, he runs past me again, I guess he got his energy back. He runs past me, he's going really fast, and I thought, okay, this is my moment, God, you're so gracious. And I wait and debate and procrastinate again. Honestly, this probably happened five or six times. Finally, the sixth time or whatever it was, he walks past me full speed again. He's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. I'm like, I just have to do this. And so I run after him. He sees me running after him, panics a little, thinks I'm probably going to jump him for his bottles. But I just stopped him and said, hey, this might sound crazy. I just want you to know that God smiles over you. He loves you. You're his child and we just talk, he cries, I cry, we pray, and it was just this beautiful moment. We need to be like Abraham, where he is fully surrendered, no matter what the call is, no matter what the command is. There's no waiting, debating, you just go. He was fully surrendered. This is an interesting thought that I've been wrestling with. When I was a young Christian on fire for God at Trinity Western, I would, I would live like this more often than not. I was bold, radical, courageous. I'd hear calls, commands, cues all the time. And I would instantly obey. And sometimes I got it right, and sometimes I wasn't hearing properly. But we exercise hearing the voice of God the more we do it. The more we say yes to what we feel God's speaking to us, the more we'll be able to learn and discern the voice of God. But as my walk with God grew, I got closer and closer to Him, studied His Word more, that fearlessness, that full surrender, that boldness slowly started to wither away. And I'm genuinely confessing to you today that this is happening to me, and I don't know why this happens. How could I get closer and closer to God, know Him deeper, go through experiences on my journey over the years where He continues to prove Himself faithful, and at the same time my boldness and courageous spirit decreases? Why and how does that happen? As I've been studying Abraham's life, I feel God has been illuminating to me exactly why this is happening in my life. And it's connected to point number two, this fear-filled obedience that we see in Abraham. This is how it happens. When we do not live out our fear-filled obedience towards God, it happens. Our boldness withers, the courageous spirit fades. We can either fear God or fear man. And when we fear man, this boldness decreases over time clearly i have began to care too much what other people think or how they'll respond or what if it gets awkward what if someone gets offended why did it take that guy a hundred times walking by me before i finally had the courage if it was a younger me i would have approached him the first time may we be like abraham when we hear the call the command the cue we say i'm listening here i am we get in that position i'm ready lord let's go and this is honestly how I lived throughout my whole experience at Trinity. Every door I'd walk into, I'd say, Hey, Lord, I'm walking into the atrium right now. I'm walking into the library. If there's anyone you want me to bless, encourage, speak to you, pray for, I'm here, I'm ready, I'm available. Would we be people fully surrendered to God and be people who are filled with this fear-filled obedience? So what is fear-filled obedience? What does that even mean? I thought fear is a bad thing. We see numbers spiking with COVID. We see earthquakes and tornadoes and hurricanes and fires. And we say, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, have no fear. So fear is bad. What are we talking about when we talk about fear? Of course, in this context, we're not talking about the fear of man, but the fear of God. And the fear of God is reverence to Him. The God who controls the breath you breathe. The Lord who created you, who leads you, directs you every step you take. The fear of God is when we see Him for who He actually is, His holiness, His glory. And then we respond to that by obeying the calls and commands that He gives us, which is ultimately worship to God. I love in Isaiah 6, in the year that King Uzziah died, this is verse 1, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on the throne, and the train of the robe filled the temple. Above Him were a seraphim, each with six wings, two covering their face, two covering their feet, two used for flying. And they were just calling to each other holy 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 is the lord god almighty the whole earth is full of his glory this is a beautiful picture and isaiah gets overwhelmed he starts trembling and he says woe is me i cried i am ruined for i am a man of unclean lips and i live among people with unclean lips and my eyes have seen the king the lord almighty this fear-filled obedience causes us to realize that we have unclean lips we're broken we're sinful we're unworthy to come before God. We all say, woe is me, the psalmist, who am I that you were even mindful of me? But when we get the proper perspective of who God is, we fear God. We are in awe of God, who he is, his character. And when we get get an understanding of how holy he is, how worthy he is, how powerful he is, that he breathes out stars literally as I'm talking and he's naming them that he creates and he creates some more. And when you think he's done creating, he creates again. Abram had a healthy fear of God. He was fully surrendered and his fear-filled obedience led him to do everything and anything God commanded, even if it was crazy. So there he is, he's about to sacrifice his son. He lifts up the knife, ready to slay him. And an angel says, don't lay a hand on the boy. Don't touch him. Now I know how fearlessly you fear God. You didn't hesitate to place your son, your dear son on the altar for me. I love that. Now I know how fearlessly you fear God. Do you fearlessly fear God? Fear-filled obedience means we do not even hesitate for a moment when God calls us or leads us to do things for His glory. We just go because we know His character, His power, and His love. Abraham knew the character of God. And that's why he says things like, I and the boy will go worship and we will come back. That's why he says things like, don't worry son, God will provide the lamb for us, let's keep going. Do you know his character? You need to know his character in order to live out this fear-filled obedience. And I'm not asking if you know about him, I'm asking if you know him. Because in my life, when I knew him, I was bold, courageous, passionate, and the more I studied and learned about him, that didn't necessarily mean that I was knowing him, abiding in him, staying close to him, knowing him, not knowing things about him. So we have to determine today, are we God-fearing believers or are we man-fearing believers? And I'm realizing in my own life, they can't coexist. And when I am a God-fearing believer, I am aware, alert, and available. I hear the call, the command, the cue, and I have the courage to step out and do whatever he asks me. When I was at Trinity Western University, I was living like this often. I remember I was getting some food at the cafeteria once and I just felt God calling me Commanding me to leave my food, don't pay for it, go to the atrium, far right corner. There's a guy there. You just need to tell him that God says it's going to be okay. And I would instantly drop my food. I didn't pay for it. I left the lineup, ran to the atrium, saw a guy in the far right corner, assumed that was him, walked towards him, said, Hey, this might be weird. This might be uncomfortable. I just felt like God wanted me to come and tell you that it's going to be okay. He breaks down, telling me all these things that are going on. I break down. We're crying. We're praying together. And it was a beautiful moment. I want to live like this again. And I tell you these stories not to boast about when I did things right. The fact that I'm referencing stories from years ago shows that I'm actually preaching this message to myself first. I want to live like this again, so badly. Would this be our way of living this fall? May we be like Abraham, fully surrendered to God, fearlessly fearing God and being obedient no matter what the cost. And thirdly, would we be people who live a life that is, faithfully devoted to God only. Abraham was faithfully devoted. The story shows us that although Abraham cherished, valued, loved his son Isaac, he cherished, valued, and prized God even more. He worshipped God with his life. A very popular passage of scripture in the area of worship is found in Romans 12:1 and 2 where it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your true and proper worship. The Message Version says, Take your everyday life, your ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and just walking around. Place it before God as an offering. This passage starts with the word, "therefore." And we always have to ask ourselves, whenever we see the word therefore, we know therefore is there for a reason. So what is therefore even "therefore"? Paul unpacks the entire gospel reality for us in the book of Romans. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. Who am I that you're even mindful of me? Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And therefore, Romans 8.1, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And the next step is Romans 10.9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified. It's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And therefore, in view of God's mercy, in view of all that I've just told you from Romans 1 to 11, Paul is saying, take your everyday life, offer it to God as a sacrifice. Faithful devotion to God means sacrificing our lives. Everything we do, our dreams, our desires, our goals, our plans, everything we do at work, how we act at home, what we eat, our friends, everything we do, we sacrifice to God. This is our spiritual worship, our proper worship, The King James Version says this is our reasonable service. In fact, it's quite reasonable to respond this way in view of God's mercy. When we live like this, we become people who are aware, alert, and available. We'll hear the call, the command, the cue, and we will be ready to say, hey, I am listening, here I am, I'm ready, send me. And when we are not fully surrendered, when we're fearlessly fearing man and not God, and we care more about what people think, offending someone, looking silly, When we're not faithfully devoted to God in everything we do, we are blind and we are deaf. We're cruising in the HOV lane going full speed, clueless of God's signs around us and the exits. And we miss opportunities to see God move in our midst and to be used by God to encourage those that he places in our spheres of influence. I remember years ago, I was on Facebook and a, a girl signed into this Facebook Messenger, It was a friend of mine. I didn't know her super well, she was a few years older than me, she partied a lot. And, but I felt this sudden urge from God that I needed to message her and tell her all that God has done in my life, the things that He was doing in me, and tell her how He changed my life and how He could change her life. I didn't do it. I waited, I debated, I procrastinated. And then I went to bed, wondering, was that really God? Maybe show me another sign. The next morning i woke up and i went to facebook and i saw a new group that was formed called rest in peace patricia she died that night in a boating accident on the Shuswap lake i missed the opportunity to be a light to bring hope to share the gospel of peace with her and i hold on to the reality that god is a god who is sovereign is in control he gave me an opportunity to bless and encourage me and use me I denied it and I have to believe that maybe he asked someone else who was available alert and aware or maybe he just revealed himself with no one because ultimately he doesn't need us church I want to ask you to make a commitment today whether you have been a Christian for many years or maybe you're just accepting Christ for the first time today to make a commitment to not only accepting him but worshiping him living a life of full surrender knowing him, abiding in him, staying close to him, understanding his character, so that we can fearlessly fear him and be obedient when he calls us. So ask yourself this question. Do you fearlessly fear man, or do you fearlessly fear God? Do we need to make a shift in this area of our lives? I know I honestly do, and so I'm gonna be the first one who's gonna be praying this today. Are we faithfully devoted to him? Are we just fully surrendered to him day by day, minute by minute. At the end of the day, we are all worshipers. The question is, who or what are we worshiping? We're created to worship, and I believe the pandemic has pressed pause, allowing us the opportunity to reevaluate that very question. Our worship to God requires a fully surrendered heart, a fearlessly fearing obedience, and a faithful devotion. Maybe you want to make that commitment today in your life. I pray you do, and I know that I do. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for your word, and it really is my desire, honestly, to come to you and say, Lord, I want to live like this again. I wanna be fearlessly fearing you and not worrying about what people think or responses or reactions or awkwardness or embarrassment. I wanna be tuned to your voice. I wanna be in the posture of ready, set, go. Here I am, Lord, I'm listening. And I pray for all those who are watching. Would that be our commitment today? Would we be all saying today that we want to fully surrender our agendas? We want to be faithfully and fearfully obedient to you alone. And we want to just have this faithful devotion to you and you alone. So help us in this, Lord. We pray this next season as we dive into the fall and as things get busy, would we step out of the HOV lane? And would you just use us to point people to the hope and the grace that we find in you? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.